You're tired? All right, that's okay, man. That's okay. We're all a little bit tired, I'm sure. But, um, but I'm excited, man. Again, for those of you who don't know me, I see a lot of new faces here. And so my name is Sam. I'm one of the youth pastors. And we have one of the coolest communities of students that you guys will ever be a part of right here in Citizens. So I encourage you guys, tonight, when I'm done with the message, when we're hanging out in breakout groups, get to know one another, man. Hang out, uh, plug into community, and I promise you will not regret it, all right? So let's get started tonight. Are you guys ready? Can I jump in? Like, can I, like, cut the leash off that's holding me back right now? Because I'm just, like, I'm ready to go. Go ahead and open up your Bibles. We're going to be in John chapter 3. John chapter, if you don't have a Bible, dude, you can share right there with your buddy here, or you can even get the sermon notes right here, and that'll be good, and, um, and we'll be good. So open up your Bibles, John chapter 3, John chapter 3, we're going to be in John 3.16. How many of you guys know John 3.16? Yeah? Okay. Some of you, that's cool. Um, <clears throat> uh, sorry, I got a frog in my throat. Te <clears> throat> testing, test, test, testing. Can we make my voice sound deeper in the microphone? just to compensate. I'm just kidding, man. You don't have to do anything there. All right, listen, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> open up. I'm crazy right now. This is bad. Open up your Bibles. Open up your notes. If you don't have a Bible, you're going to want these. I encourage you to take notes, follow along, do what you got to do to do it. All right? Because, um, because we're going to get going here and I want you guys with me. All right? So are you guys with me? Are you with me? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I want to tell you something that is going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind. It's probably the most profound thing that you've heard, I would dare say, this week, perhaps even this month. But I'm going to blow your mind nevertheless. How many of you guys drive? Okay. All right. How many of you guys are ever in a car with someone who drives? All right. So this may not come as a shock to you after all, but here's what I want you guys to know today. Every road has a destination. If I had a microphone that I could drop, I would drop it right now because you guys aren't hearing me. I said every road has a destination. All right? Listen, all of us drive on roads. Some of you guys jog on trails. Anybody jog on trails, right? We walk on paths. We bike in lanes, whatever it is. Every road leads somewhere. No matter how you drive or you walk or some of you guys pretend to call it driving, but that'll be another conversation for another manner. But listen, every road leads somewhere. Every road eventually comes to the end of the road. The end of the road. You can't avoid it. If you get on a path and you drive long enough, I don't care if it's I-5 or if it's 84, if you get on a path and you go long enough, eventually you will come to the end of the road. <sighs> That's all I got today. Just leave you guys with that truth and uh, let, that, let that hit right here, okay? And so I'm just kidding, right? So every road leads somewhere, but here's my point today. A wise person usually considers the end of the road before beginning on that road. Make sense? A wise person usually asks himself, where is this road going? Where is the end of this road? Because I may not want to go there and therefore I may not be on this road. So for example, if you're like me and you commuted back and forth to college a few times a semester, not enough times to be honest, but you're on your way to college and you come to a big sign that says Massachusetts. Welcome to the Massachusetts Turnpike. You can turn left 
or you can turn right. And you're talking and you're distracted and your music is playing because you're such a cool college student and you decide to turn left toward Springfield, Massachusetts when you're supposed to go right toward Boston. And if you're even cooler, it's not until 10 minutes down the road that you see a sign that says Springfield, 30 miles. And you're like, oh my gosh, I'm going in the wrong direction. Every road has a destination and a wise person considers the end of the road before getting on that road. Is that making sense? Sure. Today I want to tell you guys about a road and every single one of us is on that, has been or is on that road. As a matter of fact, this road is so wide that every single person in the world at one time or another has been on this road. I'm not talking about the German Autobahn, all right? I'm not talking about I-5. I'm talking about a road that eventually comes to the end of the road. And here's what we're going to do today. What I believe that God is saying to you citizens, check this out, guys. What God is saying through his word is before you take another step, before you continue barreling down this road at full speed, before you go one more step, I want you to pause and consider the end of the road. Before you keep hitting your foot to the floor and gassing down the turnpike, I want you to pause, Sam, and check where is the end of this road. Every road has a destination. Every road eventually comes to the end of a road. And so young men, young women, before you take one more step tonight, after tonight, tomorrow, I want you guys to listen to what God says here, and I want you to pause and consider the road that you're on and ask yourself, what's the end of this road? Let's read John 3.16 here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already. Because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. How many of you guys know John 3.16? All right, let's look at it a little bit in a different light today. Let's go back to the top. John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send, guys, oh man, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So right off the bat, we see that God's plan is to save the world. God's plan is to save the world. We saw a couple movies here earlier, and in those movies there were a few superheroes, right? Well, somebody thought there was a Batman in there, but there was no Batman in there, ladies, right? There's some superheroes, and so we're very, we're very familiar with the idea of saving the world. But right here, we have the original comic book, if you will, the original hero story, and it says that God's plan is to save the world. Look what it says, for God so loved the world. So right off the bat, we see that the Savior God, this hero God, his attitude toward the world is love, Right? God's attitude toward the world is love. It, it says, you can say it this way. It says, for God so loved the world. You, you can actually say it like this. For God loved the world 
like so. so that so there means like this, right? I, I, I love my wife like so, right? And I, I'm showing you how I loved her, right? Like, ew, grow up, high schoolers, right? Never mind. Um, don't grow up. No, never. No, no. For God loved the world like this. This is how God loved the world. And then it continues. So right off the bat, God's attitude toward the world is love. How do people view God in our culture? Right? If you were to ask a hundred people in your school, right? And I dare you guys. If you guys get this on video and bring it to me, I'll take you to Mod Pizza or something, right? I would love for you to go around your school with your phone and to say, hey, can you give me one word to describe what's your view of God? How do you view God? I go around campus, all right? I want you guys to do that and see what they say because here's what you're going to find, all right? Here's what you're going to find. Well, God is just like, and maybe they won't use this word, but God's like the angry God in the sky, right? Too many people, they've seen, uh, what are those movies? The Titans, right? The Greek gods, I will destroy all flesh, right? Percy Jackson and, and uh, the Titans, Liam Neeson, like wrestles like this god dragon, right? Right? What, Battle of the Titans, Revenge of the Titans, right? So, so some people, they see God like this Greek God. He's Zeus up there with this big white beard, right, with the lightning bolts at the earth, right? That's God, right? He's angry. Don't mess up, man. Don't, you better not walk into a church. You'll be struck dead with lightning, right? That's how, God, that's how people view God. You'll go to other, you'll, maybe some of you in union, you'll go and be like, hey, what do you view God as? Like, describe him to me. Well, I, th I do believe in God, you know, for sure, you know, I'm talking like a high schooler. I do believe in God for sure, but like, in my opinion, I believe that God created the earth and then like walked away. <sighs> yeah, you know? Wait, wait, you believe in God? Totally, I believe in God. I'm like uber spiritual, but like, he created it, he wound it up, and then he walked away, right? And so now here we are having to live life Yes, there's a God out there, but he doesn't care about us. He's indifferent, right? It's like he took out a clock, and he wound it up, and he goes, all right, now you just wind, and he walked away, right? Some people view God like that. Others, which I believe is probably the most common, common, common picture of God, you know who God is? He's like that genie in the sky, man. He's just not as funny as Robin Williams and Aladdin, but you know, God is like, he's kind of like that genie, and, and they won't use the word genie, but this is what they'll say. I believe God's there for like when I need help. God's there where, like, if I need help, I can just, like, call on him, right? Like, until he comes out, what would you like, you know? But listen, friends, this is what I'm doing. Young men and young women, what we are trying to do is shape our view of God. We're trying to shape our view of reality based on what the Bible says. And what the Bible tells you right now in your context is for God so loved the world. God's attitude toward the world is love. And I look all of you guys, and you're like, oh, I knew that. Just all you need is love. All you need is, right? Just kumbaya, man, right? But listen, any of you who have ever sent or heard a Justin Bieber song or a John Legend song, you need to pause here before you get excited. You're like, yes, it's love, right? It's God is love, right? But listen, listen, because you guys and your impressionable minds have been formed by the Bieber theology and the John Legend theology, you need to understand what love means, all right? And we talked about this a few months ago, but a lot of us, I like to call it hashtag Romeo love, you know? <laughs> Remember that, Romeo love? Where it's like, I know what love is. Sam, I'm a Christian. 
I know what love is. Love is when it just like, just swells up inside of you and you're just like, I lo- love you, baby. I love you, right? And if you really mean you say, I love you. I love you, right? That's love. That's not love, all right? That's like, that's Romeo love, right? Then some of us are messed up because we say, we say things like this, I love my bed. I love chocolate cake. <laughs> I love Doctor Who. And you're just like, wait, wait, wait. If that's love, uh, maybe something's off. That, that's the kind of love that just means I really, really like it in this moment. But if I eat like three chocolate cakes, I don't love chocolate cake no more, right? That's not what love means. It's not emotional. It's not Romeo love. It's not something I enjoy for a moment. Here's another way that we use love, right? Hey, mom, how you doing? Oh, Sammy, I'm doing so good. How's the baby? Mom, the baby's good. Yeah, I'm on way. Listen, I'm going to come over there and kiss the baby for like an hour. Mom, hey, listen, you're on the other side of the country. Sammy, I love, 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 love. All right, mom, thanks. Love you, bye. (laughs) All right? Love you, bye. Hey, I love you. I love you, too. Love you, bye. How many of you guys told your parents you love them today? Good, right? How many of you guys thought about what you were saying when you said it? <laughs> you didn't look at your parents in the eyes and be like, Mom, I love you, right? Madre, tu es mi corazón, right? It's just, I love you, bye. I love you, bye. We got some parents here. I got to be careful, right? I love you, bye. It's just, it's, it's a script that we say, but that is not love. God says, God's attitude to the world is love. And how does the Bible describe love? For God so loved the world that he, that he gave. What was the next word? That he gave. Ladies, listen to me. When a guy comes up to you in high school and says, girl, I love you. You need to ask him, what type of love are we talking about here, right? Are we talking about Romeo love? Are we talking about like chocolate cake love? Are we talking about like telephone? I'm talking to my mom, I love you, bye, love. Like when a guy tells you he loves you, I dare you to ask him, which type of love are you talking about? Uh, 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 girl, uh, where's Justin Bieber? Right? Like what kind of love are we talking about here? Because this, kind of lo- this is the kind of love that the Bible means. A genuine care and concern that results in action. A genuine care and concern that results in action. For God so loved the world that he sent a bunch of flowers and said nice things. No, no, no. For God so loved the world that he just had butterflies in his No, no. For God so loved the world that he gave. It's a genuine care and concern that leads to action. And what did God give? It says he gave his only son. That's what it says here, that he gave his only son. And so God's plan is to save the world. His attitude toward humanity is love, which is not Romeo love, right? If you guys don't know the Romeo love, you got to go back and listen to the podcast where I reenacted Romeo and Juliet, scene one, act act one, scene three. Here's my proudest moment. I'm going to put that in my portfolio, send it to art school, but uh, that's no big deal. But anyway, right? So it's true love here. Friends, true love results in action. And I'm saying that God loved the world. So, what did God's love drive him to do? God so loved the world that he gave. If true love results in action, what did, what was God, what did God's love move him to do? It's very simple. It says that he loves us so that he gave his son so that he might change the road we're on. 
God loved us, so, that, so the way that he acted, his love motivated him to send his son to change the road that we're on. Whoa, Sam, what are you talking about here? Let's look at the text. Let's look at the text, right? It said, where am I? God so loved the world, he gave his only son that, so that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. You see, there's two paths here, then the text here. Every road eventually comes to the end of the road. And right now in our text, we see that there are two roads, all right? Every road leads to the end of the road. And so the first road that we see here in the text, it gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish, all right? Not to be confused with Jordan perish. It's perish as in death, to die. The first road he's talking about is a road that if you follow it long enough, eventually you will come to the end of the road, and at the end of the road is death, spiritual death, right? So maybe we even turn this, and we got our, we got our path right here. There's a, a roadblock there, but here's death, all right? The road that leads to death. This is spiritual death. This is the road that every single person in humanity is born into, and they're walking on it. And this is a road that is lived apart from God, not with God, but for ourselves. This is the road that people walk on that God is nowhere to be found. I'm not living for him, I'm living for me. And friends, the Bible says that every single one of you, young guys and girls, was created to live in fellowship with God. And so if you're on a road, if you're on a road that is lived apart from him, that results in a life apart from him, that is so opposite of what you were created for that the only thing that we can adequately describe it as is death to your soul. The Bible's so dramatic. Death? Hell? No, 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 guys, you were created to be with God. So any road and any destiny that is lived apart from him can only be described as death to your soul. You cease to be what you were created to be. That's the first road. It's spiritual death. That's hell, apart from God. And there's people, there, some of you in here today, you're on the road. You're walking on this path towards spiritual death. But there's a second road, right? He says, whoever believes in him, that they may not perish, but have eternal life. And so there's a second path here, friends. There's a second path. Yeah, that way is silly goose, right? There's a second path here, eternal life. It's that way, downstairs. Yeah, eternal life. This is, yeah, it's upstairs, right? Very good. Now, this is a road, this is the path that leads to life. This is the path of life that is spent living the way that you were created to live, with God and for God. Every road comes to the end of the road. And you know where the end of the road is for this one? They continue to do what they were doing their whole life. They, for the rest of eternity, people on this road, they live with God and for God. They're living the way that they were created to be lived. They're living life the way that it was created to be lived. When we come to the end of our lives, this is the path that leads to eternity with God. And so you have two paths here. But to be honest, I, I probably shouldn't even talk about this one. I, I probably, you know what? I probably shouldn't even bring that up because the reality is all of us are born here. This is, maybe it's misleading to have two light posts up here because it almost seems like, all right, today you choose which lane you're in. Be good boys and girls. <laughs> no, no, no. Like the, the Bible does not paint a picture like that. 
The Bible says that every single one of you, young guys and young girls, every single one of, of, of the leaders here, myself included, that all of us have walked on this road and therefore deserve to arrive at the destination of this road. Spiritual death. Who of you in this room, like seriously, true moment here, real talk, who of you in this room can say, I've never stepped foot on that road in my life? Honestly, no, no, be real. This is a serious, how many of you, like, think about it. Even those of you who are like, but really, but me? But wait, but, oh, I guess that's, who of us can say that we've never stepped foot on the road that leads to death? All of us have. And like I said, every road eventually comes to the end of the road. And the end of this road, friends, is death. And now here comes God into the story. This is why we said God's plan is to save the world. Because God doesn't want us to perish. Look what it says. It goes, whoever believes in should not perish. He sent his son so that we wouldn't perish. God does not look at you, friends, like this. He doesn't look down from a mighty throne chair saying, look at those people headed toward death. That's a shame. Holy Spirit, let's play ping pong. You know, it's not like, he's not watching us just, just go off. He says, I do not want them to perish, so I'm going to do something. And what does he do? We said it, we saw it again. He sent his son to save us from our road. He, he sent his son so that, he would, that we would change lanes, that he would change our lanes. Look at verse 17 here. Put your fingers in the Bible. Follow along. It says, God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. Jesus did not come down from heaven. He did not step into the world to watch all the people on this road and go, guilty, 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 guilty. Them, right? He didn't come to the world, to the people on this path, to read them their verdict. That's not why Jesus came. Jesus didn't come to go, let me make sure they, mm, they get what's coming to them. Jesus came for you and for me who were on this road to save us from that road and to place us on the road, on the path that leads to eternal life. God's plan is to save the world. Every road eventually comes to the end of the road, guys. Which road are you on? Take an honest assessment of your life and ask yourself, where am I? Which road am I on? Some of you guys, some, some people, they walk on this road. They're just steadily walking down. Some of us are running down this road. Some of you guys are flirting with this road. And, and the reason why we come together on Citizens on Wednesday nights is like, dude, we have a good time, right? We have fun. We have a good time. We love each other. But listen, this is a place where we're going to hear what we can't hear anywhere else. And that's the truth of God's scripture. And the scripture tells us that this road leads to death. So friends, which road are you on? A wise person considers the end of the road before beginning that road. The message of the Bible, guys, is not this. All of you are on this one, so behave so you can change lanes. <laughs> right? The message of the Bible is not be better, try harder, 
Save yourself. Get off the road. Change lanes. Put on the blinker. That's what this message can come off like. You're on the road to death. You're flirting with disaster. Consider the end of the road. And now, young men and women, I want you to make a decision today to be good. I want you to make a decision today to simply walk across this room and step on this path. Be on the good path. Mom, I went to youth group tonight. Great, what did you learn? The pastor told me to be good and to go on the right path. That's not what I'm saying. If you say that, I will come into your house and preach this message all over again in your bedroom, all right? That is not the message of the Bible. This is the message of the Bible, that God loved the world like this, that he went and he saved people from the path to death and placed them on the path to eternal life, those who could not save themselves. You can't change lanes, guys. You're not good enough to just try harder. You can't. God came to save people who could not save themselves. God's plan is to save the world. We're talking about missions this month, right? We're talking about all the nations of the earth hearing the good news of Jesus. And here's what our message is to them. Here's why we're sending money to missionaries. Because there are people all over the world that are on the path to death and they need a savior. Well, why don't we just go all over the world and tell them to be good? Otherwise, they'll go to hell. Because that's not true. You can't be good. I can't be good. Otherwise, God wouldn't have sent a savior. He would have sent simply a teacher. He would have sent a monitor to tell us to be good. He would have sent a supervisor. God so loved the world that he sent a savior. And so, friends, you and I, we can't save ourselves. And so he sent Jesus to save us. Am I telling you to change lanes today? No, I'm telling you that you're hopeless and that unless you have someone to save you, you're on this road. But God's plan is to save the world. How did he do that? How did God, what's God's plan to pick you up, young men? What is God's plan to rescue you, young ladies, from the path that leads to death, that path that leads to death and to place you on the path to eternal life? Let's read the last verse here. Look at verse 18. Whoever believes in him, who? The only son that he sent. Let's read it. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. Verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Guilty, guilty, guilty. No, 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 no. God sent his son in the world in order that the world might be saved through him. We just saw that. Verse 18. Whoever believes in him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only Son of God. So what's God's plan? Guys, it becomes clear here. God's salvation hinges on Jesus. God's salvation hinges on Jesus. There, there's no, how do I say it? There's no salvation apart from Jesus. There's no salvation apart from Jesus. God's plan to save us, he sent Jesus. And now the whole thing, the whole operation, the whole plan hinges on Jesus. I know there's many of you in here that aren't Christians. And we've talked. And you've said, hey, I'm not a Christian. I just want to know more about Jesus. I want to know more about Christianity. Here's a basic premise of Christianity. God's salvation hinges on Jesus. 
He says in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father, a.k.a. salvation, except through me. And so we see there's an exclusivity here. There's exclusivity. There, there's a, 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 a uniqueness to Jesus. He's the only one. How? <laughs> How does this happen? All right, Jesus came. How does that save me? Hey, ladies, Jesus came. How does that save you from the path to death? Here's how I remember it. Here's the two things that Jesus did, right? How he saved us. He, free, he forgave us for our sins, number one, and he freed us from our sins, number two. All of us are walking down this path. We've done things we shouldn't have done, and the perfect consequence, the, the, the just consequences, the end of this road is spiritual death. Apart from God, we've messed up. We deserved it. Don't, pay, don't do the crime if you can't pay the time. But here's how Jesus saved us. He came and he forgave us of our sins. He looks at us and he says, hey, I'm wiping away your past. Hey, I know you feel dirty. Hey, I know you, never, I know you feel like you can never be restored. Hey, I know you did things that you wish you could take back. Hey, I know you did things that you regret. But listen, I will forgive you for your sins and I will throw them as far as the east is from the west. That's how he saves us. That's the first thing. He forgives us. But he doesn't leave us here. He doesn't leave us here forgiven. He now frees us from the road from which the road that we're on. He forgives us for the sins from this road, and he frees us from the power. He frees you guys from the addictions. He can free you from the slavery to sin. That's how Jesus does it. Forgives you your sins and frees you from the power of your sin. Any one of us who have found ourselves, every one of us who has found themselves in cycles of sin, we, we're familiar with those feelings. Dude, I'll never be able to change. I can't stop this. I'll never get out of this. No, Jesus came to save us. God saved us through Jesus. And he does it by freeing us from the power of sin, right? So who, though? That's nice. So the world, let me send an email to the whole wide world. www.wholeworld.com, right? At gmail.com. Good news. Jesus forgives you your sins and freed you from sins. Carry on. The whole world is getting a free pass. Good news. Go tell your friends about it. No, that's not true. Look what the text says. Who does he save? It says whoever believes in him is not condemned. So that's how Jesus saves us. But who is saved? Those who believe. Do you know what it means to believe? Right? I tell you that I have a cell phone in my pocket. Do you believe me? You believe? Thank you. You're so kind. You trust me. I did. I had a cell phone in my pocket. You guys believe me? You, you believe me. Great. All right. That's not what the Bible means when it says believe. The Bible doesn't mean in your head, I want you to agree with Jesus. Oh, yeah. All right, I, I see you, Jesus. I got you. I believe you. All right. You're the son of God. Whatever you say, I believe you. No, no. It's more than just up here. Hey, do you believe I have a phone in my pocket? You believe it, right? You believe it, Logan? Thanks for believing me. No, no, no. Belief in the Bible means I trust you so much, I'm going to act on it. I trust you so much, I will rely on you with my life. And so Jesus is not calling citizens youth group to just simply believe him in the head. Hey, can you guys just believe that he existed? Do you believe that Jesus existed? You believe that? Oh, great. All right, great. Carry on. You're good. No, no, no. Don't believe that he existed simply in your head. Believe him, trust him, rely on him. The Bible calls that faith. Trust in Jesus to forgive you. Trust in Jesus to free you from the power of sin. 
So that's who's saved. Those who put their faith in Jesus, he grabs them and puts them on the road to eternal life. What's my message? Change lanes? No, no, no. My message is that Jesus came so that whoever believes in him would be saved. Now, Sam, what about those who don't believe, though? How many of you guys have friends that don't believe, don't put their faith in Jesus? Let me raise them high. I want to see. All right, so you, got, so you guys are mixing it up then. Good, you're friendly. You have friends. What about my friends that don't believe in Jesus, Sam? That's not nice. Why would God punish them? Listen, listen, listen. Jesus didn't come into the world to condemn them. They're already on the path. So the Bible says, whoever does not believe, Jesus doesn't need to condemn them. They're condemned already because they're failing to put their trust in the only person that can save them. I have a ton of friends. I have family members. I have siblings that they don't believe in Jesus, and I pray for them every day, guys. I, are you guys there? Like, uh, you guys have people that you love and care about that don't believe in Jesus? That should, that should do something in our hearts, because God so loved the world that he gave his son so that they might be saved. And so for those people that don't believe in Jesus, we pray for them. I pray every day for my, for my siblings. I pray every day for my friends that don't know Jesus. And I'm praying, not that they would be good so they can earn their way to heaven. I'm praying, God, let there be light. God, turn on the lights in their soul. Right now, they're living like this. Jesus who? Jesus who? God, turn on the lights. Help them to consider the end of the road. They're going like this. Jesus, turn on the lights so that they can go like this. Whoa, I don't want that. I need a savior. Jesus, save me. That's my prayer. That's our prayer for our friends. That's our prayer for people that live across the world that don't believe in Jesus. And so guys, the, the big idea tonight is this. Consider the road that you're on. It's that simple. Man, that, that youth group, they're so full of themselves. They think they're so good. No, 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 no. listen, listen. I'm, we're not standing over here. Listen, look around. The, the kids around you are not standing on this road going, hey, you. Down there on death lane, <laughs> change lanes and come over here with the cool kids. No, 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 guys, we are all coming from here. All of us, we can show you our GPSs of life and we can say, look at the U-turn there. Jesus made a U-turn. Jesus changed my lane because I was going this way, but Jesus saved me. And so some of you guys, I said it earlier, you're, you're on this road. Some of you guys are running. As a, as a big brother figure, as a pastor, my heart breaks because I see some of you guys running full speed toward death. Consider the road. Consider the end of the road. Some of you guys, the Bible says it, not me, are on a road where eventually you will hit the end of the road, and the end of the road is separation from God. I'm saying it humbly. And the response for you guys is simple. Consider the road that you're on and believe in Jesus to save you. Believe, put your faith in, trust him, rely on him, meaning live for him. Ask him to save you. That's the first road. Now, some of you guys are in here, I know you. You guys have been in my home. I, you, you, would, you can say, honestly, Sam, I'm, I'm on the road. I, I think I'm on the road to eternal life. I'm not trying to be cocky. I, just, I really do think I'm there. And so my point to you guys, friends who are on this road, is not to listen to a message like this and go, check, been there, done that. Man, he's talking to those other guys. That was a close call. Good thing he's not talking to me. No, no, no. Hey, what you need to do is remember how you got here. 
remember. Guys, every day you should wake up and maybe you can't fit the whole story on your bicep. If you hit the gym, maybe you could. But right, you need to wake up every day. I'm kidding. Don't get a tattoo on your bicep of the gospel. Unless you want to. Right? But you wake up every day and you, and you just remind yourself, this is my story. I was headed for death and Jesus saved me. That's my story. That's my reality. So friends who are on this road, wake up every day, remind yourself of the gospel and live in light of it. Because listen, I want to talk to you very, very seriously as your pastor. Some of you guys, you're, you're on this road, but there's times in your life where you go back and you're saying, ah, but remember when we used to dance like this over here? And remember this step? And oh yeah, I, and you're flirting with this road. Jesus has saved you, but you're still in certain areas of your life. You're harboring this duplicity where you're saying, I live for Jesus in youth group. I'm here listening to the sermon. Get him, Sam. But when I go back to school, when I, when I go home, when I talk to my friends, I, I still sometimes act like I'm on this road. Have you guys ever experienced that? I'm raising two hands, man. And the Bible is simply calling us to this, telling us this. Consider the end of the road. Consider the end of the road. The road that you're on, where does it lead? Where does it lead? And so what I want you guys to do is I want you to respond. I want you to think about this. I put some questions on the back of your notes today, and uh, we'll have the band come up here. Um, actually, let's, let's do this. Let's head right into breakout groups. You guys want to do that? I want you guys to take these questions. I want you to go with your leaders, and, um, and I want you guys to have a heart-to-heart, -heart, all right? Friends, last thing. Listen, 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 listen. God is calling you through this text, through his scripture, he's telling you, young women, he's telling you, young men, consider the end of the road. And so let's do this. Let's head into breakout groups. Um, if you guys have, we're, we're still collecting money uh, to give to those missionaries. We want them to know the gospel. And so I encourage you, next week, come ready to give. Guys, come ready to catch up in the standings, all right? Ladies, come ready to solidify your, your, your spot in the standings. But um, as we dismiss here, uh, go to your various areas. You can give here, and then uh, leaders, you can lead them. So um, let me pray for you guys, and then uh, we'll go.